At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The following is an exclusive presentation of the Carolina Panthers and the National Football League. Yeah! Touchdown! Touchdown! Panther Talk. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. This is Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. McCaffrey middle crowded, stiff arm takes it to the right, and he leaps and somersaults into the end zone for the touchdown. Definitely fired up. I think uh, I think all of us are extremely excited just to have an official game week, so ready to roll. And now, along with Jim Zoki and Eugene Robinson, here's Mick Mixon with Panther Talk, live from the Panthers broadcast facility at Bank of America Stadium. Beyond fired up. Let's get after it. We go to the guest line, Matt Rule. Joins us live. Coach, thanks for being with us. Mick, along with Eugene and the Zoe. Can you look back on, looking at where your football team is now, can you look back and say, we benefited from Wofford, we benefited from the Colts, we benefited from the Ravens, and, and if so, in what ways? Yeah, we, we definitely benefited. Um, I would say probably most importantly as a team, guys getting to know each other, getting close to each other, spending time together. I think having a chance to practice against two perennial playoff teams uh, did a lot for us, you know, showed us, you know, what we have to be, what we need to do, um, uh, you know, where the areas we need to make improvements at. And, and most importantly, probably gave us a lot of confidence in terms of, Hey, these are the things we are doing well. And so I think, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, we've made a lot of progress. Now we have to carry it over into game week, which is, uh, which, which is, you know, clearly a big change. And coach, where is the offensive line at uh, currently? I know that I've always said in preseason, the offensive line always takes a little bit longer than the defense line to get going. So, where do you assess your offensive line to be at, right, sir? Uh, you know, we'll, we'll know more on Sunday. To be honest, I mean, those guys are working hard. They're they're a tough group. Um, you know, we uh, we lost uh, uh, Johnny today, uh, the COVID reserve. Dennis Daly steps up. So, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have these guys ready to go and. Um, uh, I, I know that they are. They are. Um, they're they're ready. They're, they'll play well. Uh, the strength of the New York Jets is up the middle. It's their defensive line, and so it'll be you know be quite a matchup. But uh, these guys will be ready to go. 
And coach, it sounds like uh, as a staff, you guys are pretty high on, on Dennis's potential uh, throughout August and training camp and all that. Just kind of where do you, you see him right now and his development? How much confidence do you have in his him right now stepping in as a starter? Well, the good thing was we had a, no, not good good you know in terms of you know Johnny hurt his ankle, but we had a chance to see um, Dennis play the right guard position against Baltimore in the practices, against Baltimore in the game, and, and that. Uh, that, I thought that was really important. So we have a lot of confidence in what he can do. We think he has tremendous potential. And he's been a guy that's just been kind of floating around from position to position. Uh, not as much about him as much as it has been about the situation. And, uh, you know, now that, now that you know, it's clearly his job, uh, I, I expect him just to settle in and play his best football. Matt Rule live on Panther Talk. Coach, I was washing a, a, an old car this weekend, a beat-up old sedan. I was thinking, you know, generally the last thing you do is you do the wheels and the tires. And then I thought, I wonder what the last things that an NFL team does. So what are the last kind of boxes that, that you and your staff need to check this week to, to, to make sure your team is, is trimmed up and, and is as ready to go as possible opening day? Well, you know, I think in terms of installation, there's always, you know, always going back through all of your special one-time-a-year situational calls, make sure that those are fresh on everyone's brains, that they didn't leave those calls you know, down at – on the practice fields at Wofford, you know, they understand, Hey, these, these could come up at any moment and we need to be ready for them. And I think it's about, you know, getting our guys ready to eliminate the distractions, you know, making sure that this week is all about us. It's not about anything that we can't control, making sure that we're, you know, our game plan is simple, but at the same time, not, you know, not, not simplistic, you know, I mean, that, that we, that we, you know, do the things our guys do well, take advantage of the, of, of the things that we have. But at the same time, you know, cut our guys free and 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 let them go play. So, um, to me, you know, that that's what this week is about. It's about our guys just getting into a groove, feeling confident, and going and playing the game. So, coach, when you have to go for it on a fourth down play, I, I, I'm wondering. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm wondering how much is this, is that is spontaneous? That oh, this is an impulse. That this is what I think I feel. Or how much do you plan ahead of situational football? If I get this situation. This is what we're going to go ahead and do. Yeah, um, that, that's planned ahead of time to a degree. I mean, you know, we have analytics based on everything from the weather to the field goal kickers to the spread to, you know, what type of game it's supposed to be that that, that put it within confidence intervals of, you know, what, what percentage you should go for each situation based upon the score, based upon the yard line, based upon how far it is to go. Um, but, but then again, that's, that's still all just numbers. And it, it comes down to also – not a gut, but based upon how the game is playing, based upon the matchups, you know, do I feel like, hey, we're, we're you know, we have an advantage in terms of getting this call? Can, can we can we execute this play against them, or is the matchup good? Is it bad? So there's a lot of play, planning that goes into it. But at the end of the day, you know, when people talk about situational football, clock management, all those things, to me, it's about giving your guys a chance to you know put them in the best position, and then allowing them to go play. And, and players win games, and so letting the players have a chance to go win the game. So we we plan it ahead of time, but I think you have to recalibrate those numbers in your brain as the game goes on. Last thing about preparing for the Jets in terms of the preparation portion of things, coaches, is there such a thing as over-preparing when you know your week one opponent since last April? Uh, Is it it even possible to overthink or over-prepare? Do you feel you guys are right where you need to be tracking-wise? It's not possible to (laughs) over-prepare. Yeah, I think think like the – I think like the NASA astronauts, I think they probably, before they, you know, before they go in, I think they probably check everything, you know, a thousand times. And so I think the whole thing is as preparation, that it's not anxiety, it's not worry, it's not, 
you know, mm. nervously coming up with new things. It's about just going back through uh, every detail of what we do, you know, till it's automatic. And that's, that's why, as I said earlier, you know, it's all about us. Uh, we respect the opponent. We prepare for the opponent, but the game's about us. And so we constantly focus on ourselves. Everybody knows you can lead and teach and, and team build and, and motivate. Coach, you've done that so successfully in college. Uh, and then last year with the Carolina Panthers, some great moments as well. I'm curious about in what ways you feel like you've improved as an NFL head coach from your first year to now getting into your second season. Yeah, well, you know, we'll have to wait and see. You know, I mean, to me, it's all just talk. It's all words, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've got to go out and do it, you know. So we had a unique year last year. We've had a full year this year. Um, so much of this job is – is on the run, right? It's adapting to situations as they come. It's reacting to an injury, picking up a player, making a decision. I mean, that's really what, 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 what you know, what defines the, the six inches between good and great. And so, um, you know, we'll have to just wait and see and see, you know, at the end of the year, I always look back on myself and say, hey, what did I do well? What did I not do well? And, and um, you know, working on that right now. And, and coach, um, to the same point, do you still get the the butterflies and and nervousness that every football player gets before the game? And I, and I only think that means that you're ready to go. Nothing that you're scared at all. Did that still happen for you? Well, absolutely. That's that's what makes the game fun. You know, I mean, the fact that there is something on the line. You know, anybody can go out to practice, give up a touchdown, and say, "All right, next play." I mean, when you when you get in the game, I mean, there's there's consequences, and so. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still it's still a game, and it's still a game that you're supposed to go play. And the team that plays the best wins the game. So, uh, trying to block out the distractions, you know, for the players and for coaches about the score and the results and all that, and just focus on playing each play, having fun while you do it. So th- th- those those butterflies come; they're fun. That, that, that's what makes you feel alive. But at the end of the day, man, it's about getting into the game. And once you're in the game, you know, just trusting your players to go make plays. Well, speaking of players, uh, you get back uh, Christian McCaffrey. You, you barely got to use him last year, obviously, with the injuries. Three games. Uh, but I wanted to get a sense of uh, what you got at depth at running back. You've had Royce Freeman in the veteran for a couple of days now from Denver, bigger back. And talk about him. And also Chuba Hubbard. Looks like he'll be doing some kick returning in just a little bit of time. You've had him as a rookie. What are you seeing out of Royce Freeman and, and Chuba Hubbard and what they can bring? Well, Chuba's had a good camp. and He's he's clearly the number two back. You know, we'll, And we'll utilize him as – Use, utilize them on special teams. We'll utilize them on offense to give uh, Christian a blow. Um, and then Royce is a guy that we're interested in. You know, he's he's a big back. He's a pro's pro. He's done it. He can protect. He can play special teams. Um, he's uh, he's uh, uh, a guy that when you look at on tape, you know, brings a big back element to us. So, you know, he has to get caught up on the practice squad. We have Spencer Brown. We have Rodney Smith that are capable of being elevated. So, you know, like most teams, we'll go into the game with three backs, and um, whoever that third back is, you know, we'll kind of decide this week during practice. How do you feel, Coach, going into the Jets game about uh, where you are with uh, your, your kicker and also in the return game? Um, you know, I think those are those those are questions, uh, and, and I mean that in a positive way that have to be answered. You know, come game time. You know, uh, Ryan obviously went out and did a nice job in the preseason game. We're still just getting to know him, getting him in a rhythm. And um, uh, so, so, you know, we just need to continue to work with him and let him play. And then, you know, return wise, that punt returner's job is up for grabs. We're still, you know, trying to wrestle with who's going to do that job and, 
Uh, Chuba is a guy that we believe can hit it, you know, and, and has great speed at kick returns. So, you know, there aren't very many returns in the National Football League anymore. Uh, most punts are fair caught. Uh, most kickoff returns are touched back. So, uh, but you do want to be prepared when you have a chance to get one. And uh, we want to put the, you know, best foot forward out there. Coach, is it fair to say that this defense, and from what I looked in preseason, is a very, very fast, fast defense? Yeah, I'd say they're fast both physically and I think they've done a good job of working on their communication and assignments so that they can play fast mentally. You know, but, but, but this this is the first time they'll, they'll probably really be game planned. The games up to this, you know, most teams in preseason, they're kind of running their base plays or trying to hide things. Um, this is the first time that they'll truly be attacked and they'll be attacked by Matt LaFleur, a guy who really knows what he's doing. So uh, they'll have to handle the highs and lows of the game. They'll have to ride, you know, the roller coaster that a game brings and respond to adversity and, and play when you're tired and close out plays at the end of halves and end of games. And so uh, there, there's still a lot of great steps ahead for us uh, at those positions. Uh, we just uh, just need to get into the games, go through those situations and learn from each one. You had uh, some time, which you normally don't have over the weekend, to take in uh, a couple of college football games. It, it looks like all three that were here in the Charlotte area. What was that experience like? And first of all, how much fun was it? And uh, were you able to professionally kind of gain some some more knowledge too, just uh, getting with these coaches and watching some of these players? Yeah, I took it in as a fan, as a father, you know, not not really in a professional sense. I just kind of had fun. And uh, I say for the first thing, I think Bank of America, I watched two games here in the stadium. And uh, what, what a great place to watch a game. I thought the stadium was rocking on Saturday night. I thought it was a great feel on Thursday night. So I think it, we really showcased this beautiful stadium, uh, really showcased Charlotte to the, the nation having college game day here. And then was really excited to get up to UNC Charlotte on Friday night. I thought the students there were amazing. The crowd was the crowd was on fire, and uh, Will Hilly and his team, uh, they, they delivered. They, they made the plays you need to make to win those games. Do you get recognized around town, Coach, and what kind of appetite do you have for people wanting to come up now and pre- press their faces <laughs> against the, the glass of Matt Rule and do selfies and whatnot? Well, uh, I, get, I, I get recognized from time to time, and anytime someone comes up to me, I'm excited to meet them, and, and uh, anytime someone asks for a picture, I'm excited. You know, I'm happy to take it with them, so – People have been really good to me and, and my family, and uh, we're grateful to be here, grateful to be in the community. And so, you know, part of, part of being in the community is going to watch your daughter play soccer, taking your wife to dinner, you know, going to the grocery store. I mean, those are all things that, that I do, and I, I mean, a lot of great Panthers fans while I'm out there. And, Coach, I have nothing else to say to you, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of something else to say and, and talk, but I, I just like the calm demeanor that you have because it's – I mean – I would have loved, and I say this sincerely, I would have loved to play for you. You've just got this calm demeanor that kind of, you know what you got and you know what you have, and, and you look like you're about to unleash it. And so I'm, I'm excited already just hearing you talk. I'm sorry, Coach. I gotta, I'm being and a fan. I, and, I would have loved to, and I would have loved to have coached you, though. It would make my, make my life pretty easy. You'd have to stay a long time because he played 16 <laughs> years, so you'd have to stay in one place for a long time. Well, Coach, last thing I will let you go, actually, is um, you know, Mick and I were there for the Charlotte Touchdown Club on, on Friday, and you sent the fans a great message there and got them motivated, excited about the season. we got a, a different audience tonight on radio listening throughout the two Carolinas. Maybe just 30, 40 seconds, you just uh, set the tone and the table of what you expect out of these 2021 Panthers. Well, you know, it's kind of like I said the other night, man. We're, we're going to go out and we're going to obviously try to win every game um, but more important to me, and, and trust me, winning is important, but as important to me is, is that before someone spends, you know, $1 of their hard-earned money to come watch us play, that we're a team that they can be proud of, you know, that plays the game the right way, that that when you watch us play, you can't tell if we're, 
winning or losing because there's only one standard and that that's that's that we fly around the field we play together we play with tremendous passion and I really want the fans to feel you know to feel a part of it I mean we're playing a rookie quarterback I you know I, I want them to I want them a great young rookie quarterback I mean just a chance to see the future and uh, I, I want I want our fans to to be every bit a part of our defense as the defense is. I want them to be a part of our offense, part of our special teams. I want them to I want them to feel like this is their team. And uh, uh, from what I see with the way our guys work, uh, it's a team that I would want to support. And so I hope our fans feel the same way. I'm ready to eat. I'm ready to eat. <laughs> Fantastic, coach. <laughs> you go, Thank coach. you for your your words, your time, and uh, we'll catch up with you later in the week. But we always appreciate you being on the show with us. Thanks, guys. Thanks, coach. Right. Matt Rule, head coach, Carolina Panthers. He does have a calm demeanor, but he's also tough. I know. I I, I just like that almost that yin yin and yang or yin yin and yang, yin and yang. Whatever I felt, the, that. I, I like felt that. a little branch uh, being extended to you to come back and play one more season. <laughs> that the coach would like to coach <laughs> no, you. No, that's all right. I, I felt that I heard nine one one nine one one. I give you third down at least one play. <laughs> I don't no. think uh, Hershey's semi sweets are on the team meal <laughs> menu anymore. So I have to make Mr. some adjustments. Thanks a lot. All right. Yeah, he does. He's a he's a tough man i mean i've seen, we've all seen him out yep. there and so don't take the bait on the old players coach and great guy and all this and, all, and he he can hug your neck but I, he can also break his yeah foot off yeah he get after kicking you. you in the rear yeah end. i love it not us of course but i mean the team is what we're talking about <laughs> it could be anybody us if we needed it all right so broadcast round table we got uh, the zoak with christian mccaffrey a little bit later we'll talk to scott fitterer later full show for you tonight this is panther talk on the carolina panthers radio network Go behind the scenes of the Carolina Panthers. Join Kristen Balboni, Darren Gant, and Will Bryan for the Happy Half Hour. Each week, the gang covers all things relating to your Carolina Panthers, both on and off the field. The Happy Half Hour and all our Panthers podcasts are available now on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Alexa. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Bank of America, official bank of the Carolina Panthers. In trouble, tripped up, sack. Pocket evaporating. Dragged down, moved up, hit, and laced at the 20-yard line. I think our team has a much better feeling overall, like a lot of guys, of, of you know how we want to play together, you know, complimentary football. It's not just one play here, one play there, but us understanding how we want to complement each other, play together. Um, situational football, how we want to, you know, complement each other in situations. And I think they've gotten a lot closer as a team. I think, you know, going away to Wofford, I think um, the relaxation of, of the rules because we're vaccinated. Um, I think, you know, guys having a chance to sit together and visit with each other and talk to each other, get to know each other. Uh, that matters when you, when you go through uh, the highs and lows of the season. You know, you better have some guys with some connections. So I think we've come together as a team, but I think we've really grown in terms of our understanding of what it will take for us to win. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. My bad, sorry. The Zoke with Brandon Zilstra shortly. But yes. I want to talk with you guys about Christian McCaffrey as we were kind of doing yes. off air during the break. Eugene the Zoke, I was watching him at practice today, running these little flare-outs, his swing pass out of the backfield. It almost looked like Madden. It looked like a video game, just how cleanly he catches the ball, catches it in one fluid motion, doesn't make a sound when it hits his hands, then he secures it, and then he's got this other gear upfield. Would it be safe to say that he's just not like most people in that regard. He is he's very very special. I would watch him uh in practice and I would also watch him in the game uh 
as uh, he's warming up, and he would catch the ball with his left hand, one-handed, right-handed, one-handed, put two hands, and he would go through this kind of ritual. And I'm like, man, he catches the ball so easy. He makes it look like it's, like it's nothing. He catches – he. It's so routine for him, and he makes it look easy. And then you're absolutely right. He has another gear. When he makes moves, he makes people miss. He's one of those guys like Barry Sanders that will embarrass you if you're one-on-one with him because he's going to make you look bad because he's so smooth and so efficient with his uh, the economy of running he does and how he gets up the field that he's just uh, elite. He's just a, a, a notch above other guys. Makes you a completely different team. When you've got a player of that wow. ability, I mean, you talk about to me the best running back in the league, and the the ways you can use him in that he is a receiver, he's a blocker, uh, he's a running back, and he is not only elusive as you said, and can spin and and catch one handed passes, but he doesn't go down on contact. So no. a guy physically strong uh, that is you know built his body that he he runs through contact and gets big plays and extra yards out of that. So I mean, truly, you look at the best ones in the league, and people are mentioning you know, Alvin Kamara. And Dalvin Cook and players like I put McCaffrey at the top of any list of running backs. Absolutely. Well, I think of uh, McCaffrey. I think of like Marshall Falk. I think mm-hmm. of I think of those guys. I mean, like man, Marshall Falk was that same running back. I could run or I could be a receiver, and you can't stop me. And I could catch the ball. And look, I'm just adept at doing what I do. That's what a Christian is. Christian is a he's a, a notch above just about everybody. Uh, I mean, Elvin Kamara is the only other person I would think that I would compare him to. Take your pick, Apple and Orange. They both are great. Straight line speed. I'm sure he's he he could run four or five any day of the week. But when but when you look at his football speed, because of his ability, he understands the geometry of of tacklers and yes. his ability to size up where the pursuit is coming from. He splits double teams like no one else that I can remember playing here. And he will make you absolutely. He will make you miss. You think that you have a shot in the hole on Christian McCaffrey? He'll run at you, and he will make you miss. A la Emmitt Smith. You think he got a hit on him? Guess what? He's making you miss. Kind of tilt out the way, and then he can run through you. I mean, he's 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 complete package, man. When he's running down the sideline, look at it this way this year. See if you feel the same as me. Um, so two guys are coming up to tackle him, and they generally will tackle him, but not before. <laughs> yeah, Christian takes two or three more steps because he he just it's, he's hard to get a good lick on. I guess is what absolutely I'm he, he, is. he just he knows what he's doing. All right, this is some cool stuff. So the Zoke with Brandon Zilstra. It is next when we continue with Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Panthers Hall of Honor members Jordan Gross and Jake DeLome are back for another season of Jordan and Jake. Each week, Jordan and Jake share their thoughts on Panthers news, take a trip down memory lane, and keep you updated on Jordan's farm and Jake's horses. Jordan and Jake and all our Panthers podcasts are available now on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Alexa. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Coke, official fan refreshment of the Carolina Panthers. Rolls out to the near side, stops, throws, intercepts, ten, five, it's a touchdown! Ball's loose on the field! The Carolina Panthers recover! I'm definitely excited. Uh, You know, the emotions are are obviously high, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, like I said, I just try to treat every day the same, treat practice like I'll treat the game, so... 
you know, when you go into the game, it's all about football, all about, you know, doing your job at a high level. Back to Mick Mixon, Jim Silkey, and Eugene Robinson with Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. We felt confident all along that Christian McCaffrey would make the final 53, and he did. Uh, but there are a lot of stories on a football team, and some come down to the wire, the bubble, and, and you don't know which way it's going to go. Sometimes it's a rookie, sometimes it's a veteran player. And in the case of uh, wide receiver Brandon Zilstra, glad to have him back for what will be a third season here. And you know, it's his uh, ability to do a lot of different things as a receiver on a special teams basis as well that lands him on this spot once again this year. Caught up with him just the other day at practice and uh, talking about his role and his confidence in being back with his team once again. Honestly, I, I've always kind of believed in myself. I always thought, you know, I deserve to be here. Um, I want to be here. And so I, I just let everything out on the field. You know, these guys are big with effort and energy, and that's something I try to bring to every practice, whether it's, you know, working with our scout offense, trying to get our um, defense better, if it's, you know, run with the, the ones or whatever. I'm just trying to do my job, at, you know, at the highest level. Brandon, at the, end of the, at the end of the 2019 season, you had that big game against New Orleans down there. How much did that do for your NFL confidence at that time? Honestly, I, um, that meant a lot to me. Um, it was really assuring just the work I put in, you know, actually translates on, out onto the field. Um, you know, I really only had a half to play, but I made the most of it. And, you know, that was my biggest biggest game so far to date. And, th- I mean, that was something I was always proud of. Um, but, you know, once you taste that once, that's all you want to do again. So I'm um, just waiting until I get, you know, the trust from the confidence, trust and confidence from the coaches and players around the team that, you know, I can go out there whenever I'm needed, be dependent upon, and make something shake again. Is, uh, is punt returning something you, you can help with if called upon? Absolutely. I, I tell everybody here all the time I'm an athlete. Um, I work on long snapping every once in a while. I work on punt returns. I work on holding. Um, I try to be well-rounded in everything I do. Whether they actually want me or not, I just like to say <laughs> I can do it. So, uh, yeah, punt return is something that's in my toolbox. What's the dynamic of the receiver room like? you got the, the veterans, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, the rookie, Terrace Marshall, guys like you. So what's that, the component of that room like right now? I'll tell you what, we got a lot of speed in there, a lot of speed and athleticism. I think it's going to be tough uh, for a lot of teams to play us a man this year. Um, you know, it's not just speed. Everybody here can run routes, and we have a lot of really big bodies in there. So I think we all kind of complement each other well. Um, you know, it's a pretty selfless room. Um, people are willing to – you know, run the extra route, you know, a little bit deeper, just to try to open up somebody else. And I think I think if you have a room like that that's unselfish and, you know, willing to do whatever, um, that any one, any, any one of the receivers can go off any game. All right, last thing, of course, Jets this week at the end of the week. As you look at that as a, another young up-and-coming team, not unlike the Carolina Panthers, just broad strokes, what do you see about this Jets team a little bit? You know, they play hard for sure. Um, they get to the ball fast. Uh, they do a lot of moving, moving parts, um, a lot of blitzing and everything. So, you know, we, we know the game plan. We've all watched film. You know, we got an extra week uh, this this last week. So um, we just got to trust ourselves and go out there and play and actually have fun. Good luck. Thank you, Brandon. I appreciate it. Brandon Zilster, wide receiver. Sounds like he's ready, as are all the Panthers for the New York Jets in the regular season opener. And uh, as you guys look at the receiver room, he just we named some of them there with D.J. Moore. And you look at Robbie Anderson, and then you add Terrace Marshall. Beast. I think it's a that's a great group of receivers. I think we throw that all together. I don't think there's enough ball to go around in that room. I really don't. Uh, and I think it's going to be incumbent upon a, a, a QB to go ahead and really delegate that ball, distribute it across the field, because anybody touches that ball can take it to the house. I'm gonna give you a name. All right. From practice today, so I'm out there just by myself doing the stony lonesome on the bank. The Zoke's on another bank, probably a million miles away. So I thought, okay. It was a million miles away. Actually. Let's watch. Let me just watch <laughs> some of these practice squad guys. 
So Aaron Parker is a wide receiver, 6'3", 210, and uh, number 19. This kid, University of Rhode Island, spent 2020 on the Dallas practice squad. And I'm putting it out there right now. I'm claiming this young man. Okay. That he could be a somebody. What do you think of that? It's, yes, he can, but it's not enough ball to go around. And don't forget, it's always based on packages. What package are you going to use? You're going to have more tight ends in the game than you have right receivers. And so your main guys you're going to look at, once uh, uh, Marshall, of course, uh, Robbie, DJ Moore, and then there's another guy who may swing in there, and he has to be able to be a special teams beast. You're always so negative. Every time I bring up something positive, you bring so, up something negative. Yeah, I'm just saying that this, there's too many positions, and that's why you know you, you could go with four to five good receivers that you know that can all play special teams because you're going to need them. You with your wisdom and knowledge. I know. He always clouds the issue with facts. <laughs> I got two other names for you, too. All right. But I'm not going to give them to you right now. Okay. Oh. Later in the show. Is that a tease? I'll take a break. Yes. Later in this show or like some this show, show in the show, future, show, like, like in November? Right here. On this stage. Injury updates are brought to you by Ortho Carolina. And uh, Coach Rule on earlier, as he spoke about in his uh, press conference earlier today as well. John Miller starting right guard out. It'll be Dennis Daly starting in his spot. Your personalized orthopedic care begins with the click of a mouse. Schedule your next appointment online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, your care, your way. One of the names I've got for you. What is it? It has a scored a 42 on the NFL's Wonder League test. Okay, all right. And he was with the Jets all preseason. Think of the intel he could bring. <laughs> <laughs> I might even let Scott Fitterer. Uh, I might even let him foretell this when we talk to him coming up next. That sounds good. GM of the Carolina Panthers right after these messages from Bank of America Stadium. Listening to your favorite Carolina Panthers podcast has never been easier. Simply download the Amazon Alexa app, add the Carolina Panthers skill, and say, Alexa, play Carolina Panthers. Now playing Carolina Panthers. Be sure to also add the Carolina Panthers flash briefing to your morning routine. For more information, visit Panthers.com. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Atrium Health. Because you deserve to live your best life, and we're here to help. First and goal, the eight-yard line. Darnold again to throw. End zone, great catch, Anderson, right in the middle of the end zone. Touchdown, Carolina. It throws to the open back shoulder behind the defensive back. That's a great throw. Early stages when you're learning an offense, you're just so locked in on um, the play, what's going on. Even when I'm not in, I'm focusing on getting reps, getting those mental reps um, because they're super valuable. So as you continue to grow and, you know, especially start to game plan teams, you know, you can kind of start talking to guys off to the side and talking about certain routes. But for me, I'm, I'm locked in on every single rep, not just my own. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. That time on Panther Talk, when you are to gather your families around the radio, we're going to chop it up with the general manager of the Carolina Panthers, the great Scott Fitterer. How do you feel about the roster as we sit on it right now, Scott? Uh, I feel good about it right now. I like uh, how it's come together. You know, we added a lot of pieces this offseason. There's still some things we need to address, you know, during the season. But uh, overall, I, I like where it's at. What do you like about the practice squad and possibly some intriguing ads there? Yeah, I think we've added a lot of good players over the past week. You know, um, today we added Alec Erickson, who's uh, got punt return ability. And just as we shuffle our roster uh, and add good players to our 53, we want to make sure we can complement that. And uh, 
with the ability to bring guys up for the game on off the practice squad, that really helps. So a guy like Alex is very important to us. He's a veteran guy, I think six years with Cincinnati. Are returners hard to find? It seems so. You know, to, to, to find a guy that can play a position and that you can trust, you know, to put back there and catch punts, make the right decisions, and then, you know, if they get 10 yards, 8 yards, that's great. You know, but uh, find, just finding the right person that fits your roster, you know, that's, that's the, the whole, you know, puzzle of putting this together is guys that can do multiple things and play on special teams. Got a very intelligent young quarterback, James Morgan, in uh, who's been with the Jets. What do you like about his skill set? First of all, I love the intelligence. I think he was a 42 test score coming out. Uh, Watching him out there on the practice field today, he's got a better arm um, than it showed on on tape. And I think he's got a lot of upside to him. But anytime you can add a smart quarterback because you get very few reps on the practice field, it really helps. The 42 you refer to as the wonderlick, is that still an important diagnostic tool in your industry? Uh, it can be misleading at times, but when you see a 42, he obviously has, you know, there's a really strong uh, baseline of intelligence there. Have you taken it? <laughs> I have. <laughs> it was not 42. <laughs> I'm sure you did quite well. One last thing about the, 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 the practice squad. With a developmental staff like this, Scott, and the way they love to substitute, does that make it even more important to have a good quality practice squad? It's so important to have, you know, the coaches have that developmental mindset. They're flexible about guys coming through. It can be really disruptive. And some coaches just don't like it at all. This is a staff under, you know, Coach Rule that embraces that. And they understand how we're trying to build this roster and add pieces to it. And it just can't be summer, spring, fall, you just add players. This is going to be a constant churn of the roster. And they're very open to it. They're very patient. And they, you know, they'll pull guys after meetings and you know, coach them up and get them up to speed. So it it's, puts a lot of uh, pressure on them, but they, they do a great job you know, working through it. You said last week, and this is very interesting to, to us, how you watch a football game. You said you like watching the players interact with one another on the sideline. What, what specifically are you looking for, and how did you come to that philosophy? Well, the, when I said that, it's, you, know, you can see everything on tape that you need to see uh, from the end zone and sideline shots of what's happening during the play. What it doesn't show is what's happening on the sideline, how the player interacts with the coaching staff, with his teammates, if it's a quarterback. Is he coming over, grabbing the iPad? You know, talking with the quarterback coach or offensive coordinator. Those are the things we like to see. And then, you know, it, what kind of emotion does he have? How does he carry himself on the sideline? Is he a flatliner or is he a guy that brings some energy and some juice? So those are the things that we're looking for when we go to a game. Last thing, I heard a coach a long time ago say that NFL games are won with character, not with characters. Do you subscribe to a similar philosophy? Uh, I do. <laughs> I think you need playmakers, and sometimes those are characters. Uh, but you need, for the most part, have strong character in your locker room, guys that buy into the program, guys that believe exactly what the coaches say. Um, it's okay to have some personality, but know that, hey, this is team first. This is not individual first. So that's, that's the most important thing to us. Uh, well said, as we might have expected, from the general manager of the Carolina Panthers, Scott Fitterer. Scott, thanks for your time, as always. Great. Thank you. Last question, a little bit of a trick question in that Seattle, those Seattle teams, and that's where his experience came from uh there's some big personalities out there rich i'm thinking about richard sherman uh who's d lineman who's real outspoken michael bennett michael bennett and even pete carroll is about about as i mean to the hair flopping on the sideline (laughs) the gum chomping i've heard that he is off the charts add hd of course high functioning he's been very successful but uh what do you think eugene where do you fall on the whole character versus characters thing and you know um you always got to have some guys and 
my mentor, Dave Brown, uh, for the Seattle Seahawks, deep character guy, honest guy, but he wasn't one of those guys that was like rambunctious and all around. He was always like, look, nobody cares about if you're yelling if you can't get the job done. And so he was always my look, you're going to get the job done, and you got to do the work behind the scenes to get the job done. Catch the ball, do this, do that, all this other stuff. He was instilling me, he said, because nope, if you're a rah-rah guy and you can't get it done, he says, you're on your way out the league. That's what you're on your way out the league. And so I'm not a big character guy. I want guys who can get it flat done. Those are guys you want on your team. And the best are the ones, and it's, it sounds so obvious, but it's, it's relatively rare, that want to win. I mean, there are guys that are good at football, and there are guys that want to win. But that talent combined with wanting to win, I'm thinking of guys like Thomas Davis, Luke Keekley, like that, Absolutely. where they could have 15, 18 tackles, get a turnover in the game, but they lose the game by three points. And those guys look as devastated as if they lost by 40 points. But there's players, we've all seen them in the past, too. I caught my six passes for 80 yards and a touchdown. Know. and Yeah, we didn't win, but we'll get them next week. It's just like you need talent, but you also need guys – that are devastated when they don't win the football game. I played with on a team when I was playing on a team. I won't tell you the team because you can deduce who whatever who guy I'm talking about. But all he cared about was his. I mean, all he cared about was his receptions. That's all he cared about. He got <laughs> one reception. We end up winning the game. He's like, man, they they, they phasing me out. He got nine receptions and we lost the game. And he was happy. I'm like, dude, I can't, I can't, pl- I can't play with you, man. Without I, I, I a name, this story never yeah, happened. Yeah. Huh? Without a name, the story never happens. So. Uh, it was initials. Not I can't give you the initials. It is, uh, no, I can't do it. I was going to do it. I almost said it. I can't do it. Oh, my goodness. We walked him right up to the edge. You did. I'm thinking of the Detroit Pistons, the bad boy Pistons. I mean, huge personalities, exotics everywhere. And then and they, they didn't really seem to like each other. No, they'll punch you in the mouth. But, uh, but yeah, they, but they, uh, they bickered their way to some championships. <laughs> Maybe not the best way, but it is a way. All right, got a couple of names for you. We're going to chop that up when we come back with Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Go behind the scenes of your Carolina Panthers with the Happy Half Hour Podcast. Available now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. We are back. Mick Mixon, Jim Zoki, Eugene Robinson. So Scott Fitterer copied me a little bit. He he stole a little bit of what I was going to talk to you guys about. But this backup quarterback, James Morgan, 6'4", 230, fourth-round draft choice of the Jets a year ago. So what kind of intel – so here's a 42 on the Wonderlick. So he'll have total recall of everything the Jets were installing offensively, and now he's with the Carolina Panthers. What kind of tactical advantage could that bring Carolina? I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, there's some vernacular and some things that are going to be changed, and, and because they know that he's there, they're going to change up some of the signals and the things so that it confuses you just a little bit. And then I think that Coach Rule, based on all the stuff that they've seen, all the all the um, film that they've just you know exhausted, all the film they exhausted, I think they have a really good plan to go like this. Hey, regardless of what we hear from uh, Morgan, we're gonna we're gonna do this because what we've seen on film is typically what's true, and, and what the team will do. So you know you got to be very very careful because there is some intel, but the, every team switches it all up. Because they're trying to trick you 
because they know that you know that you know that you know that you got a guy. <laughs> it's, 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 it's ended up being like that. Yeah. Could, could you go over that again? And they know that you know that you know that you know that you got a guy. Yeah, so no, makes you got to be very, very careful because uh, they know that uh, he's there and he's going he's gonna to say these colors were live. This was this. This was that. Uh, Flash was a, a, a go route. All that stuff. All that stuff is going to be changed. Double super secret agents. Yeah, so it's... And every team's got them. I mean, yeah. it's like this is fresh, as you said, because it's practice squad, but this happens all the time in the league where players move from one team to another. So I think you ask, and you ask, and you get a little bit of information, you throw it in the pot of things, but 99% of it is still your preparations of what the Panthers are going to do to the Jets as opposed to exactly. what the Jets do because you've been film studying them. And I mean, we've got, again, I know they have a new coaching staff, but you've got player tendencies you can get from guys that are on this team now that were with the Jets, with players that are still there, to just have that one-on-one matchup tendency. may not be how they run the offense or defense overall, but just how a player likes to catch the ball, how a guy tends to block, things like that. Make the most valuable guy, I think, is going to be Sam Darnold because he's been in that practices with those guys. He's going to know a lot of nuances, idiosyncrasies that most people will not know. He's going to know that stuff, and vice versa, they will know that about him. And so I think he's probably the most tactical person to go ahead and to expose what the Jets do. Do you think All he'll right. tattle? Yes. Think Sam's going to tattle? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes, he's paid paid to tattle. He's so paid to tattle. It works out. Yeah. All right, so we'll uh, we'll handicap this uh, opening day matchup a little bit when we come back. Along with Jim and Eugene, it's Mick. This is Panther Talk from Bank of America Stadium. Each week on the Jordan and Jake podcast, Panthers Hall of Honor members Jordan Gross and Jake DeLome share their thoughts on all things Carolina Panthers. Available now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. So here we go. Opening day, the magic, the excitement, the pageantry, it's all coming to Bank of America Stadium. Cannot wait to uh, to, to be a part of the team that, that tries to bring this game your way on the radio. Now, the Jets have a rookie quarterback, Zach Wilson, Oof. Brigham Young. So how will the Panthers try to stress his world you know, we have a very fast defense that we alluded to talking to Coach uh, Coach Rule. You got to get after him. You you really have to go ahead and get hands in his face. And anytime you can bloody his nose legally, that you can get him on the ground, you got to get him on the ground. So I'm sending all sorts of stunts. I'm, I want uh, Brian Burns to be at his tops, his best. I'm I'm sending Jeremy Chen. I'm getting after him as much as possible to rattle this young quarterback. Don't forget, this guy is really good, Mick. He's extremely good. But he's still a rookie, and he still hadn't seen everything in the National Football League. Coach Rule, throw a lot of things at him and make him become the quarterback that they think he is. Make him become that quarterback. Do not sit back there and let him throw the ball. Remember the Chargers game last year? And at the last moment, Tyrod Taylor can't play, and Justin Herbert comes out. Zing, 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 zing. <laughs> and, just like, and just like the rest of his history, he went on to have a great rookie season altogether. So these kids come out of college more prepared than ever because they've played so much. They've thrown the ball so much. Uh, you, what you're saying is true, but I think it's less than it used to be because they've, they've played. You know, Now, in the case of him, you mentioned BYU, Coastal Carolina is probably the toughest team he faced all last year, which you know, good for them. They had a great season last year, but he wasn't running through the SEC and mm-hmm. some of those kind of uh, programs last year. So... Um, he's got arm talent. I mean, he's, he's got a live arm, and he's, yes, he, he's, he can move and run, and he's got the height, so he's got all that. So they probably want, for week one, kind of keep it relatively simple for him as far as what they ask of him. 
Yeah, you know, I, I think they will. But don't forget, I mean, he was what seventy five percent completion percentage in in the preseason. That's outstanding. Mm-hmm. And so they're gonna they're gonna want to keep him upright and protect him. And we have to get to the guy legally, and like I said, legally bloody his nose. Get him on the ground. They got Tevin Coleman, the former Falcon, oh, yeah. as a running back. Uh, Barrios, one of their receivers. Jamison Crowder. I mean, they got a they got, they got a decent yeah. club. And then the you know, their head coach seems like he's one of the bright young. Uh, coaching minds defense, from a defensive, defensive guy. Yeah. Defensive right. guy. They signed uh, Shaq uh, Lawson last week. Yeah, he played did. at Clemson, former Buffalo Bill. I mean, I think the advantage is clearly Carolina Panthers. Advantage Carolina Panthers. It, it, it just feels that way to me. And I said, let's go out there and, and bust a man legally in the mouth. Don't you know the stadium is going to be off the chain? Off the chain. Rocking. Definitely. All right. Hot dogs are being grilled. Barbecues being cooked. Beverages <laughs> on ice. And all you need is your front row seat on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Good show, guys, for the Zoke, for Jeannie Robb, for the rest of our crew. It's your humble correspondent, Mick, hoping you'll join us again next week to discuss either the 1-0 or the 0-1 Panthers. Right, The 1-0. This has been Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule, brought to you by Atrium Health.